Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. This is not about protecting dignity. This is not about care for embryos or fetuses. These are really uh, sharpened tools that seek to chill the freedom and the belief that people can be free in the United States with regard to their reproductive rights. Certainly the shrillness of this decision and how it was written was really like a, a, um, a gut punch. I felt angry. I was seething with anger. I almost got on a red eye to go to Washington, D.C. last night to be in front of the Supreme Court this morning because I was so frustrated at the fact that the Republican Party has really made The Supreme Court's got some big plans to strike down Roe versus Wade, according to leaked documents obtained by Politico. And if it becomes official, it's going to get real hard to have an abortion in about half of the United States. What this means for California truly is that California's role in the fight for reproductive freedom has never been more important. But even though Californians have the right to an abortion no matter what happens on the national level, that doesn't mean it's always easy to get one, especially in rural parts of the state where there are fewer clinics and more stigma against abortion. We are a reproductive freedom state. The governor has affirmed that, the legislature has affirmed that, and we must continue to earn that designation. And that means ensuring that we are, in fact, able to provide care for all who may need to access it in our state. So as California gears up to be a landing place for many people seeking abortions from other states, we're going to share this episode from December of last year about how hard it still is for some people to get an abortion in California and why it's those folks who will be affected the most by the Supreme Court's decision. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 
That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Even though we are a, a friendly state in terms of abortion rights, it doesn't always translate onto the ground if you live outside of one of the major metro areas in the state. This is Katie Orr, former politics and government reporter for KQED, speaking with us in December of last year. It still takes time. It still costs money. Many, many people who receive abortions have children already, and so they need people to watch those children. So there are a number of barriers in place. And what we tend to see here in California is that people living in more rural areas have less access. There was a study that looked at all of California's counties in 2017 and found 40% did not have a clinic that provided an abortion. Now, that's only about 3% of women of childbearing age who live in those counties, but California has 40 million people. So that's hundreds of thousands of women who live in areas where they don't have easy access to care that they might need. I want to zoom in on uh, the specific places where you went to go report. Can you tell me where you went to report this story and, and why did you go there in particular? So I went to a clinic in Chico. It's one of three clinics run by a group called the Women's Health Specialists. They also have clinics in Reading and a town called Grass Valley, which is about an hour-ish north of Sacramento. Uh, and I went there because they are the providers uh, for many, many people in rural California, like the northern rural section of California, they don't have a lot of options. And so a lot of the women needing their services come there. What's the swath of the like area that they cover or serve? If you think about San Francisco and Sacramento, uh, it's sort of the area northeast all the way up to the borders of Oregon and Nevada, which is a massive area. (laughs) Again, not huge in terms of population, but again, hundreds of thousands of women live in rural parts of the state. And so this is where these clinics largely draw their patients from, although they do get people traveling to them from Oregon and from Nevada as well. We do whatever we can to help people remove those barriers to access. Laura Morehouse is an assistant at the clinic in Chico. A lot of people who live in the North State are lower income. As she was walking us around, she just mentioned, yeah, you know, when I had an abortion 10 years ago, and she starts talking about her experience. And I said, later, Laura, well, do you mind telling me what your experience was like? And she said, absolutely. I had no idea what to do when I was seeking an abortion. There's no guide out there. There's no manual. 10 years ago, she lived in the Bay Area. She was working as a cashier. She was getting paid minimum wage. She discovered that she was pregnant and needed an abortion. She had a very hard time finding a clinic. When she finally found a clinic, she discovered that she was too far along to be helped at that clinic. So she had to find another clinic. So when she finally did find that, the abortion, the whole process was gonna cost her about $1,000, which she didn't have. So it was about five 
week's wages for me. So um, that was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Again, she was working a minimum wage job. It was, you know, even in the Bay Area, she uh, was living in Redwood City and had to travel to Oakland, and that was a stretch for her. She was able to do it, but it's obviously something that has stuck with her and an experience that she keeps with her as she deals with her uh, patients today. I was scared of telling anybody. I didn't want anybody to know because of the, the stigma that was attached mm -hmm. to it. So now I work every day to remove that stigma. I tell everybody that I've had an abortion because there's, there should be no shame attached to it. Okay, so that's Laura's story of getting an abortion in the Bay Area. She now works at this clinic in Chico, helping people who are in similar situations. What barriers does she see for people looking to get an abortion in this part of the state? They're scared. These are single parents. These are young people. These are uh, people who have minimum wage jobs. When you think about an abortion and pregnancy, it's important to keep in mind that weeks matter. When you are living in a rural area, let's say, and you have to drive hundreds of miles, it can be difficult to get the timing down. They can't afford to take time off. They can't afford additional childcare. They can't afford the gas. These are people who have to travel two, three hours mm -hmm. one way. So this is six hours of travel. You need the money to pay for things like gas and lodging, food, the procedure itself. You need the time. You have to be able to tell your boss or whoever, hey, I'm going to be gone maybe for two or three days, depending on how far you have to travel and how long you need to recover. So there are just a lot of logistical and financial challenges that people who don't make a lot of money and who might live in more rural areas need to take into consideration. And the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. It's just impossible for somebody, nearly impossible for somebody who makes minimum wage. And I know another barrier that exists for people in rural areas is the fact that they live in places where many people are actually against abortion rights. How does that show up in the work that women's health specialists does? It's still a very sensitive topic. This is a very different vibe than what you have in coastal communities. Katrina Cantrell is the executive director of the organization that runs these three clinics, um, the Women's Health Specialists. I mean, she's seen it all. During the 80s and early 90s, in our clinic in uh, Shasta County, we were firebombed four times. Our clinic here in Chico experienced a butyric acid attack. She's seen her clinics go through protest, obviously, they regularly face scrutiny in the communities that they, they operate in. These types of things exist in areas where the community or the powers that be are more accepting of this 
type of behavior. One of the challenges that all three of these clinics face is that they have not had a local provider in like 45 years, according to Katrina Cantrell. And it's because there is such still such a stigma against abortion in some of these more rural parts of the state that it's not something that providers want to put up with on a daily basis. They don't feel comfortable living in the towns where they do this work because it is so looked down upon. And because of the stigma, the, your your providers that are in the local area, you know, they just don't want to take it on. It's like, you know, we've got our hands full. Let's not, you know, who wants to borrow trouble, you know? The doctors tend to come in from the Bay Area or, you know, from, from L.A., bigger metro areas. The uh, clinic in Chico has one day a week where a provider will come in. And they had told me that on those days, they do still get protesters. And people know the day that the doctor will be there and they show up and make it clear that they don't think this is something that should be happening. You talk about someone who's like on the front lines basically, in the fight over abortion at Katrina and her clinics definitely are. This is healthcare. This is not, you know, something that is, that we're not entitled to. This is essential healthcare. You know, we're talking about abortions because currently the Supreme Court is taking up a case in Mississippi that could put an end to Roe versus Wade. And some early reporting suggests that abortion rights are very much under threat with this conservative court in place. What could this mean for abortion clinics in California, like the ones you were reporting on in Northern California? I think clinics and hospitals that provide this care throughout the state are really getting ready to see an increase in women from outside of California. Uh, there was a study that found the state could see a nearly 3,000% increase. And those women are going to face many of the same challenges that women here in California face. You know, how to get there, how much it costs, what to do with their other kids. Are they able to leave their lives behind for several days to get the care that they need? Um, the state has actually formed uh, an abortion council to make recommendations on ways this California can make it easier. But people are bracing for kind of a wave of women to come here. And then also to keep in mind, something Katrina pointed out to me is that even while we will likely see an increase in women coming here, there's going to be so many more women that won't be able to because of the challenges that we've talked about. We know that not every woman can leave her home in for Texas days. for three days. Mm -hmm. it, that is not even reasonable to think. Those women are going to be the ones that will truly suffer if Roe versus Wade is overturned. You know, I think it's just so easy for people who live in larger cities in California to kind of rest easy thinking, well, you know, what happens in Texas, what happens in Mississippi 
doesn't matter here because California has taken such a strong stance on protecting abortion rights. I mean, as we've talked about, there are people in California who struggle to find the care that they need. Your access to care shouldn't depend on whether you live in, you know, San Francisco or Oakland or Los Angeles or San Diego. You know, people living in Chico and Grass Valley have as much right to the abortion care they need as people living in the Bay Area. That was Katie Orr, former politics and government reporter for KQED. This episode was produced by me, Carlos Cabrera Lomeli, Alan Montesilio, and Maria Esquinca. The tape you heard at the top of the show is thanks to the team over at Forum. You heard from Michelle Goodwin, a professor at UC Irvine, and State Assembly member Buffy Wicks. Thanks to producer Grace Wan and guest host Scott Schaefer. Thanks as well to The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi. For the tape you heard from Shannon Olivieri Hovis, director of NARAL Pro-Choice California. The Bay is made by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Peace out, y'all. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.